0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. OMG, I am so excited to bring you our guest. She is someone who I'm literally just talking to her for the first time in this interview. So you guys are going to hear my first experience of Judith um, one-on-one, but she has touched my heart and opened up something inside of me in such a wild and amazing way. Through her book. So, Judith Nyland is our guest today, and her book is A Call to Crone Weaving Wisdom with Threads of Irish Heritage. And this book, just like we talk about, you know, magic just finds us, and when we make space for it, what we need will arrive. This book arrived in my life probably a year before I started reading it, maybe less. But right at the beginning of COVID, I was looking in my bookshelf. This book, like, was beaming, t- read me. And I pulled it off the shelf. And I remembered someone had sent it to me, but I couldn't remember who it was. And everything in it was what I needed to hear. And so I'm just going to leave it there. And we'll talk more about who sent it to me and how I came to to find it. But for now, Judith, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Patty. I'm thrilled
1: to be here. Thank you so much.
0: So I didn't give people your professional background, So, or we haven't even talked about what the book's about and why it has so much meaning to me. Why don't you give the person that's listening on the other side of this podcast a sense of, of who you are in the world beyond an author?
1: So my professional background is really interesting. I worked with nonprofits, and then I was a consultant with nonprofits. My husband and I owned um, a, a graphic design agency um, in Tacoma for um, about 25 years. And so that was, that. I mean, that's my professional background, working with people, facilitating groups. And more and more, I wandered into the area of just simply working with teams and people about how they could manifest their mission. So that's sort of the corporate piece. Then I went to Ireland and my life changed. And while I was still operating the design agency, more and more and more, I started to do spiritual work. I started to work with women in Ireland and the wisdom that's available there. And so that's, in a nutshell, how I got to be where I am now. Um still do a lot of graphic design, but I'm, I don't know, retired is a horrible word. But I am now focused on leading tours to Ireland, spiritual tours. I have a house over there now. And I write books and lead circles. Mm,
0: So good. So you don't know this, so I'll just share why this book just had such meaning for me when it found me. And um, then I want to get into the word crone. Mm. So for me, I'm going to be 50 this year and I have been really excited about that milestone. A lot of my friends haven't been um people that I grew up with who are, you know, my like exact age. And they've really resisted it, but for the last I'd say 4 years I have ached to move into Crohn, into the into that part of my journey as a woman. I probably was telling my friend Lynn something about that and she is the one who ultimately sent me the book and how you're here because she messaged me just a couple of weeks ago and said, Did you ever read this? And she sent me a picture of your book. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, yes, I did. And I've been wanting to thank the person that put it in front of me. I'm so glad I talked to you. And then she was through a mutual colleague able to make an introduction to you. And literally every word, I know that I'm just coaching my teenage daughter to not say literally all the time, but really, Judith, literally every page, it felt like coming home to something inside myself, what you shared and this wisdom and, and I'm born in the States, but I am a hundred percent Irish. So just this sense of like the motherland calling me home has been, you know, really alive for me. So I know right at the beginning of the book, you, you say like, let's talk about this word crone, or I know that this word doesn't always conjure up what it truly means, but what does the word crone really mean
1: Well, if you look at the etymology of it, Patty, and thank you so much, because I think that part of well, we'll get into it, but I think part of why women are so resonating with this book, and especially if I can say this about you, my dear younger women, I'm going to be 70 this month. I actually have a teacher who would tell me that I'm not really qualified to be a crone until I'm 75, but I'm started on this journey earlier. I, and I think it's because we don't honor women. We don't honor the wisdom that we have pretty much at any age. And so what I find is that there's this incredible longing to really step into the fullness of the power and potential of who we are. And I think that a lot of women, we don't have those times of transition where we do any kind of a a meaningful ritual or any kind of an initiation. And so we kind of just wander through life without understanding these hallmarks and these benchmarks of when we step into a different kind of wisdom. And I know that for a lot of women, looking at elder wisdom is something that really calls to them because that wisdom, and you talked about this, you write about this on your site, Patty, that it's in our DNA. I mean, we didn't just sort of like pop in here, blank slates. This stuff is embedded in our heritage and in our bones. And so this goes back to the The lack of honoring wisdom. And we all know about the burning times in Europe. And since you've got Irish heritage, I'll just mention that there were only about five, actually, witches that were burned in Ireland because the Irish have held an honoring for wisdom and for elders and for wise women that just didn't exist in other countries. And of course, you know, the church wasn't quite as prevalent then. But the word crone goes back to before the language really started to be written down. Crone, if you look at the etymology, means crown. And it really signifies this sort of glowing crown of wisdom, that emanation of that sort of wisdom light that shines from true elders. And and I think we also kind of see this in some of the religious iconography. You look at pictures, you know, there's that sort of halo glow around some of the heads and i think that's very much what crown and crone is the other thing that's interesting is the other word that women and other people don't like a lot is hag and hag actually mm. the etymology of it comes from hagio which means holy so if you look at these ancient you know words that described wise women you know crown of light and wisdom and being holy women it really goes back to an earlier time when women in the wisdom that women held, especially elders, was much more honored and revered. Okay, that's a long way to answer your question. I'm sorry. No,
0: <laughs> wow, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. So now I'm gonna jump around because now I've got you you're here, my most recent favorite author with me, and I get to ask you whatever I want. And so what I want to know next is so what happened on that first trip to Ireland?
1: Well, I went with my dad, and so he wanted to trod the old sod, as he used to say. And so I surprised him one year with a Christmas present for us to fly to Ireland together. I had no thought ever of going to Ireland. And when we were putting our plans together, I'd heard about these stone circle things. And I and I said to dad, you know, I'd really like to go visit one while well, we're there because I have no idea. So we ended up going in the Barra Peninsula, southwest of Ireland. I ended up standing next to a stone circle, next to a standing stone. And for the first time in my life, I started seeing things. I started out of my peripheral vision. I saw ancestors and I had no idea where to put that. Fast forward, I started taking, like you said before, Patty, Ireland calls us home. She calls us home. And I kept going back with just friends. And one of the times that I was there. I encountered a fairy wind, as they talk about it. It was a pretty extraordinary event. And when I came back from that trip, I found myself in a completely different place. I found myself, my diet changed, my outlook was starting to shift. And by happenstance, as the universe gives us these gifts, I ended up having a session with a shaman, who actually would later become my teacher for a bit. And in this session, I said, I don't know, something happened in Ireland and it was like this fairy wind and I started seeing ancestors. And she looked at me and she said, did you bring somebody home with you? And I laughed because I had no place to put any of this. You know, my spiritual tradition was like zip. And I laughed and she said, no, no, no. She said, you did. And this ancestor has a transmission for you and you are so not ready to receive it, which was absolutely true. So she was doing a vision quest. I did the vision quest with her once and then twice, and that was the opening of it. And I, and I started to understand that, like many of us, we're called by our biological ancestors, we're called by the ancient wisdom of Ireland to come home. And so that's what started it for me. And then I just kept going back and, and now you know, leading groups to go to the same sacred sites and do the meditations and have a connection with the, both the landscape and the ancient wisdom.
0: Now, do you believe that the places that you're being called to, that you do your, do you call them journeys, correct? Or am I getting the wrong word?
1: No, you're absolutely right. I, I don't like the word tour. Tour speaks too much like tourism. So they're journeys and they are journeys. It's really not a tour of, oh, let's go see this and off the bus for five minutes and then back on the bus and go kiss the Blarney Stone. They are journeys of both physical moving through Ireland and the landscapes and also very much
0: journeys of soul. Yeah. And so when you found the places that you feel native to or called to, is there any connection with your ancestors to that particular location in Ireland? Or is it that for whatever reason, your ancestors and your guides on the other side are using these particular sacred spaces in partnership with you?
1: Excellent question. And it turns out the answer is both. I've been having some conversations with my dad in the last couple of years. um, And my dad's been, you know, he's on the other side now. And dad has really been talking to me about the heritage of my biological lineage in Ireland, which apparently goes back to some druidic foundations. And he's been adamant on me about you know, going to these different places and exploring where we were. And in fact, where the cottage is is, it turns out one of those places. So I was actually called to this particular village to a place where my biological ancestors were and where they did some of their ancient spiritual work. In addition, when I first started going to Ireland, I started getting connected with the Tuatha, the Tuatha and people call them, but the Tuatha Dé, the divine tribe, the um, spiritual indigenous ancestors of Ireland. So I first started working with them. And my first connections were at sacred places like Nakhnareem is Cairn in, in Sligo, and then particularly Ushnoch, which is the center of Ireland and has been the spiritual center forever of Ireland. So it's a combination of both. And so I get guided to particular landscapes where, where they actually did ceremony. And at Arshnur, I've been able to find that I actually was there 1800 years ago doing the same kinds of ceremonies that I'm doing now. So that's been pretty amazing to work with.
0: Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's so cool. So, uh, and crazy. just Judith, I mean, we're obviously new to each other. And so <laughs> I had a late in life opening myself. So I walked through the world, a type A, you know, until I was like 36 and then everything changed. So I totally understand the experience of just where, does which pocket does this little fairy being go into in my mind? So for me in relationship to your work, you know, it's been for a while i mean for years and years i've known i need to go back to ireland i need to go back to ireland i studied in ireland when i was in college and visited a couple of times but what's been calling me back isn't is actually a a past life that was one my first past life that i remembered so and it had to do with bridget and the fire of bridget and i don't know anything more than that that i need to that has some relationship to that so you know for my own kind of inquiry, there's a part in your book where you talk, and I'm sure it's one of the spaces you just talked about that I will not even attempt to pronounce, the cave where when people have gone in that they've seen things, you know what I'm talking about, right? I hope. Yep. It's Oinagat.
1: Maybe. It, the, yeah, I know. It's, okay. it's Irish, but it's Oinagat. Yep. And that's a pretty powerful Oinagot. cave. Got it. And, and so let me just... get back to your question, but let me just say, when you go to Ireland, my dear, and we will talk about this because you and I have talked about, I would love to help you figure out how you want to get there. You need to go to Ishnukh because the story of Ishnukh, and it gets back to what you were talking about before, is Bridget's story. And the creation story Mm -hmm. of Ireland is basically that Bridget came to earth, saw that there was a lot of darkness here, went back, talked to the other divine beings that she was part of, they're her tribe, and said, we have to go save the earth, basically. This is the Reader's Digest Convention version. And so she was the one that brought the divine light to Ireland in the first place. And so Bridget, beyond St. Bridget, holds that creation story for Ireland. And it's an amazing story. And it happened at Ishniv. So it'd be fun to talk to you about uh, heading back there and and getting that story personally on the hill.
0: Okay so then that leads to my next question which is really a question for all of us and, and I think you did a beautiful job of gently offering wisdom around this in your book is that when we return you know to places of that our soul is calling us to our ancestry is calling us to how do we do it in a way that's respectful to the space you know and not just kind of tramping along into the cave because we hear it's a cool place
1: Yeah, excellent question. Because there is an honoring. There's a deep honoring. And I think one of the most amazing things about Ireland is that the sacred sites, the locations, the cairns, for the most part, have not been disturbed. So, when we are at those locations, when we are in those stone circles, when we are in those cairns, we are in places that our ancestresses did and ancestors did ceremonial and spiritual work. The potency of those locations is really profound. And then you do have places like the cave where, yes, we went down into the earth. And yes, it was a pretty dicey experience for some of my people when a woman from Ireland who was um, not real happy with us yanks coming over and doing ceremony, thought she was going to freak us all out and went down into the cave and started channeling Maurianne, the great queen, people in kind of know her as Morgan Le Fay. And that was an interesting confrontation because my people did not understand the whole concept of channeling at that point in time, Patty. And I hadn't talked with them about it because I didn't think it was really important. And when Laura opened that up for people, it took them a day and a half to recover from it. But what they did get from it was how close, how close those entities are and how thin the bales are. And part of the beauty of that is that I would suspect, Patty, that part of what you're experiencing is that you probably know the myth that there were battles at Moitura, and the you know the Tua came and they defeated the dark forces, and they defeated the dark forces, and then finally, when the Malesians came in, they all just decided, you know what? Basically, people are not ready to hold on to the divinity. So we're going to go into another dimension. Some people say they went into the earth and that was the story of the mounds, but they basically went into another dimension. And what they said is that when you are ready, we will come back to be with you and to work with you. And so they're the ones that are calling us, Patty. They are calling us home because they know this is a time and this is a time it's foretold and talked about in cultural traditions around the world. This is a time of great awakening, whether you name it, the rainbow tribe. But this is a time when we are called to go back and awaken like you are doing now through your work, Patty, to awaken that ancient knowing. And they're ready to work with us. They're coming out. They're starting to connect with us. I'm hearing more and more people who are having a connection. I have no doubt that if and when You are back in Ireland and you are there, particularly if you get to go to Ishnuk. Bridget will find you, she will connect with you, and you will then begin to start having your own personal relationship.
0: I love that you just said that because you answered a question I didn't even know I had, which was part of what really pushed me to make connection with you. I think, you know, where Lynn even reached out just coincidentally, quote unquote, right when this feeling of like, ah, I want to bring this conversation up in the open and I'm not sure why or how, but three of us who are on similar journeys, meaning we came from a very traditional corporate background. Mostly our work has some type of spiritual basis, but we've always looked to maybe traditions that are more outside of the Irish heritage, right? So First Nations people or South American people from the Andes, that type of work is not something I've been trained in, but it's sort of what I've been given awareness of, I guess I would say. And all of us have been told either by spirit teachers from the other side of the veil or literal spirit teachers (laughs) here on the earth plane, you need to go back to your own people. You need to find the teachers that are indigenous to your ancestry. You can't keep borrowing from other cultures. And not because it's disrespectful, it can be, but more because it's important for all of us to find our way back home. And I think what you're describing is a little bit of what I feel so many people I see are, are, have happening for them
1: yeah, I'll never forget I had lunch. I had just finished my first book, The Legacy Book, and I was having lunch with a a very close friend, and she's black. And I talked to her about my book, and she just sat back and laughed, and she said, Well, it's about time you found your own goddamn religion, your own tradition. and um, and she's right because, well, there's two reasons. One, cultural appropriation is huge. It's not appropriate. It's really not appropriate to step into other traditions and then just take pieces of it. I do sweat lodges here. And and I was really sitting, Patty, with that whole notion of cultural appropriation with, with the lodges. And then I found out that, in fact, they did sweat lodges in Ireland, which I had not known. And I have now visited some of them. They're stone. It's a little bit different configuration. But now when I do a lodge, it's completely in tune with the Irish spiritual heritage. So that's The the cultural misappropriation, I think, is a big deal, and it's really something we need to honor and respect. But the real other reason is that because, Patty, if we have Irish biological heritage, if we have Irish past life heritage, there is such potency and power for us because that is embedded in our DNA. That is something that's in our biological and soul memory, And we don't need to go find something else. We need to dig deeply into what we have known throughout lives and through past lives, because there's more power and authentic power for us in the Irish tradition. And it's there. It's just a matter of going back and spending time listening and really paying attention to both the earth energies and the spiritual energies that come through.
0: Mm. Amen. I love it. All right. So if someone listening, well, let me just say, if you're listening and you felt some calling back to Ireland, whether it's because of your own biology or a past life calling, and you want to learn more about Judith's work, Judith, where would you like them to first find you?
1: Uh, emailing me and my website is probably the best way. Um, i, I I don't sell my books on Amazon for a couple of reasons. And the most important reason, Patty, is that we can't have, I wouldn't have found you. Okay. When somebody buys a book from me, I actually am the fulfillment office around here. So I actually package up the book and I email people back and we get into a conversation and people are surprised that the author actually responded. But for me, yeah, okay, it's about selling books, but that's really not what this is about, Patty. This is about building and connecting the sisterhood. So when people can reach out to me through my blog or through my email, which is just fine, we can have a conversation. And I am thrilled to offer people, as you and I will discover and when we get to do this together, I'm thrilled to offer people whatever I can to support them coming back home to Ireland, coming back home to themselves in terms of places to connect with, People to see, resources to look at. So, yeah, my Stonefire blog and my email are the best way to get a hold of me.
0: Okay. And I don't have your, let me see, what are you? Judith at stonefire.com, right?
1: There's an S in there. So it's judith at stonefires.com.
0: Okay. Great. And we'll put those in the show notes as well, both the link to your blog site and your email. So are there any last words of wisdom or point that you would like someone who's listening to hear right now in this time and space? I think
1: the most important thing for me, Patty, and I am so grateful and honored for this opportunity to talk to sisters is that sisters, it's time. It's time for us to pick up the wisdom that we hold inside of us. And people ask me you know, if I'm working with you, what do I need to believe? And that's an excellent question because there's only one answer to it. You need to believe that you are spiritual and that you hold the divine and divine light and divine wisdom inside of you. And everything I do is simply providing, whether it's a book or a workshop or a journey or a circle, is simply providing the container in which you can step into the fullness of who you are. And it is time for us, sisters. The world needs us. In this time, we need to step forward with our voices. We need to step back into the wisdom that we hold and share it with joy and love and light and peace. And we need to dance this because it is a joyful journey.
0: Oh, so good. So good. Thank you so much, Judith, for being here. I have
1: deeply honored and blessings to you, Patty. I know we'll be in touch. Blessings to all of those who are listening to this podcast. Thank you for your time and thank you for your heart and your soul.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, Women's Voices Amplified.